Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mind. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Listening to you talk that stuff. Talk Memphis. Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And good Friday morning. It's time for Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. I've got Kurt Zarnowski going to be with us. And you know Kurt Zarnowski because he's been on the program many times. He's going to be talking with us later on in the program about all the stuff that's going on with Social Security and the changes. And critical, critical for us. So just uh, keep that in mind. That'll be up as we start the program after the first break. But the reality is at the end of the second part of the program, I got Ted Miner, one of the planners from Shoemaker Financial, that's going to walk us through some of the planning aspects. How do you apply what Kurt's going to tell us and put together the whole idea behind it from a planning aspect? How do you tie it into your retirement plan? So that's kind of what we're going to be doing, but I got a question for you. Did you, of all people, have a good <laughs> Thanksgiving? It was a good Thanksgiving to be with family. The food, on the other hand... Oh. You know, I mean, that's a that's another. Why story. do we do that? Why do we do that? Why is it that we spend so much energy and effort to prepare all that food? We eat it and then we eat it. And then, as we talked about last week, we eat it for four or five days. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's just the fact that we it's are tradition. enjoying. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And we're just enjoying being around yeah. family that we don't get to see as frequently. Well, you know, I, I got a statistic for you that kind of shocked me because I was thinking I watched my family eat. Even the little kids, you know, and everybody. And I was in an airport yesterday, and I saw this in the U.S. News and World Report. And it was kind of one of those things. I said, oh, let me pay attention. So here's a thought for you. How many times a day, how many times a day do you think that we touch our iPhones to check our smartphone just to see what's going on? Per day, I, I, I would say it was in the hundreds. Oh, you guys, boy, good, good guess. One hundred and thirty-four number of times. Wow, that people check their smartphone each one hundred and thirty-four <laughs> times. I, that's a. I had a guy to tell me that there was now treating, beginning to psychologists were treating in the universities some of the problems that was a thing. Now that we're getting to talk about called FOMA. Call FOMA. FOMA. They had a you know a syndrome. You might be accused of being having the syndrome of FOMA, fear of missing out. Oh, okay. So you got to check your iPhone. You got to check smart. You know, I mean, not just your smartphone. You got to check. You know, your Facebook page, your Twitter, all that stuff. I guess I'm not there yet, but I <laughs> I did catch myself. Maybe I don't think I hit 134, but it's terrible how many times we do that. But yeah. that's part of what we're doing with today. By the way, only. Only one out of three people, listen to this, one out of three people did any work. No, excuse me. Let me put it the other way. They only one out of three expects to get any work done. That's the only one out of three okay. only expected. This was Monday, Cyber Monday. <laughs> only one out of three people working on Cyber Monday expected to get any work done. Really? Because they were 
Shopping on the Internet. Mm. <laughs> wow. I wonder how many people from that. We'll see that as a holiday in the future. You know, might as well just take a holiday, you know. just uh, Well, since Black Friday seems to be waning, I guess well, Cyber Monday you know, is taking its Cyber Monday is becoming a big day for retail. Well, if you just tune in, of course, you're listening to Talk Money, and uh, Art and I just kind of go through this first part just to kind of set the stage. But the second part, when we get to back with Kurt Zarnowski, you've got questions about Social Security. This is the guy to ask. This guy it does a great job. The second half of the program, we're going to talk about specifics that you can use when you're working on your retirement plan. The reality is a lot of us, almost 360,000 people are going to turn 65 next year. So stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Podcasts of the Talk Money program are available for iOS mobile devices. Go to the iTunes store and search for Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money will return right after this. Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, contact Contact Keisha Parrish at 901-757-5757 or email at kparish at shoemakerfinancial.com. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search for Shoemaker Financial. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. Well, you know, every now and then you do live radio, and every now and then you make a mistake. And I made a mistake before the break, and I need to clarify it because I just left it. Well, hey, don't go there, you know, don't go there. It happens. It's the first time, well, maybe the second time this year. Second okay. time. Uh, but I said three hundred and about 340,000. I just forgot to add a, you know, a couple of zeros. 3.4 million people estimated. That's 9,300 Americans will turn 65 years of old each day in 2016. Wow. Each day. Now, here's the that's that's a big number. But by the time we get to 2029, which should be the end of the baby boomers, 11,400, 11,400 Americans then turning 65. So this guy, you know, that we're going to interview today, has got a very secure consulting job. He is very good. <laughs> His business is His going to pick busy up. <laughs> is looking good. I mean, you know, we're talking about a growth plan and a half. Welcome to the program, Kurt Zarnowski, sir. Good morning, guys. Great well, to be back. Good to have you back. And uh, as always, we're just excited to talk with you about the things that are going on with Social Security. And, I mean, you know, the reality is... The federal government must have been listening to this program over and over again because they figured that what Kurt was saying, people were beginning to do, and that was going to affect the national debt, Kurt. So I'm glad we're doing it. Well, Jim, actually what they did was I had asked that they change the law, and I view this change as the Zarnowski Consulting Full Employment Act of 2015, because <laughs> now I'll be able to spend the next five years unexplaining all the stuff I spent the past five years explaining. Exactly. Well said, sir. Well, you know, it is a topic today that it's, you know, you start talking to someone that's preparing for, for retirement, they have all kinds of issues and problems and concerns, and really 
don't have answers. And it's amazing. You hear a lot about this, and I can't substantiate this, but a lot of financial advisors really don't know enough, Kurt, that they can really carry on a conversation. And that's kind of bad for the public. Well, it is. And it, uh, it's even worse because for many, many people, Social Security has become a even more important part of their retirement income. You know, back in the days of the traditional defined benefit pension plan, it was fine. You know, what you did with Social Security was less important. But uh, now with the death of the DB plan and the fact many people just have that defined contribution plan where they're walking into retirement with a pile of money, that Social Security is the only guaranteed stream of lifetime income that they have. So it's, you know, even more important that they make the correct decision about when to take Social Security. You know, let me say this to our listeners. I, I think if you're listening and, and you have not heard Kurt Janowski, you can go to the iTunes store and you can just click on Shoemaker Financial. You can get a program that we, because he normally walks through the details of what to do and some strategies for you that you can just go listen to again anytime. I mean, I think this is important for you to do that if you're concerned and maybe don't feel quite like you've got the knowledge about Social Social Security. Just go to that. Click on Shoemaker Financial. Listen to one of the programs he's listed, and because he, he's a frequent guest, does a great job, and you can get the explanations. But today, Kurt, I really want to go through this bipartisan budget bill, and, and it is kind of the Sarnowski, you know, full full employment plan. Uh, it you know, file and suspend, claim some now, claim more later. You know, all the combined strategies. Are they going to be able to continue to use those as you have been so good at explaining them? Are they gone or are we going to be able to move forward? Well, you know, there's that old Chinese curse, Jim, that says, may you live in interesting times. (laughs) And for those of us in the Social Security advice business with the passage of the budget bill, this certainly qualifies as an interesting time. I hear you. So there's a bunch of things happening in terms of the future of those strategies. Uh, they're eventually going away, um, but uh, there's some grandfathering in, some phasing in, so it's important for listeners to, to, to be up on um, what some of those important dates are, because uh, even though things may eventually be going away, some people are old enough they may still be able to take advantage of these. So let's dig right in, and uh, we'll talk about the two big strategies. One is called file and suspend. The other called claim some now, claim more later, which is also sometimes folks may have known it as filing a restricted application and just claiming a spousal payment. But with file and suspend, as we talked about in the show, that applies to someone who has reached full retirement age, who wants to wait, wants to defer collecting person's own Social Security payments in order to earn those delayed retirement credits, increase their benefit. But by one of the provisions in the law allows that person at full retirement age to file an application for benefits and then immediately ask to have payments suspended. And by asking to have payments suspended, person doesn't receive anything, so they earn the delayed retirement credits. But the other thing that the file and suspend strategy used to do was it would allow benefits to be paid to other folks on that work record, typically a spouse or perhaps minor children, even though the worker, him or herself, was not collecting benefits. The other thing file and suspend allowed was if somebody had asked to have their payments suspended, at a later date, they could always go back to Social Security and ask to have any and all of those payments that had been suspended repaid in a lump sum. 
and they were able to get that money and, and made, made filing and suspending sort of like an insurance policy that you could test the waters to see if you could get by without collecting that payment, grow the benefit, but at the same time, if it turned out you needed the money, you could go and get it back. So what are the changes as a result of this bipartisan budget bill? Well, in terms of file and suspend, as long as you have reached your full retirement age and you have filed and suspended by April 29th of 2016, then you will continue to be able to operate under the rules the way they are today. Meaning, you file and suspend by that date, you will not collect anything, but Social Security will still pay benefits to other folks who might be eligible to collect on your record. But if you don't file and suspend by that date, down the road you certainly can still ask to have your payments suspended but Social Security will be required to also suspend the benefits to anyone else who might be eligible to collect on your record. So you ask to have your payment suspended, that's fine. But if your spouse has been collecting or kids have been collecting on your record, once you ask to have your payment suspended, their benefits are going to be suspended as well. All right, Kurt, The other big me, change... Let me ask you this question with that right there. Sure. Then I'll, I want to come back. We need to make sure April the 29th, everybody knows... But if, because here's the question that we got in preparation for the program. You've got a spouse. You prepare for the program, Jim? Yeah, they actually prepared. I mean, hey, I know Art's Boy. over here going, you did what? He knows better. Yeah. yeah. Boy, that's a surprise. Yeah, I know. Okay. that's a, You know what? This may be the last time Kurt's on the program. What do you think? <laughs> Not a chance. All right. We had a question, and the question was, we have a spouse that's receiving Social Security now. The husband, in this particular case, has filed and suspended. And the question was, he thinks he did. <laughs> he, 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 he can't produce something that says he's done that. Now, I've asked him to figure that out. But now, let's think. He's filed and suspended. She's collecting her benefit, not his. If she doesn't go decide to take his benefit by April the 29th, then she would lose that permanently? Now, she's 65, maybe 65, yeah. And is that, is, you understand what I'm asking? And I guess the question is, they're concerned that if they don't act on something by the 29th, they may lose something. And what I want you to help me do is explain that to them. Sure. And I guess the the key thing is it all flows from whatever the heck it is they've done this far. Yeah, that's which, okay. Which doesn't appear to be clear. If he has filed and suspended, okay. all right, the key thing is, is he collecting, receiving anything right now? The answer was no. All right. So, so uh, well, he needs to find out whether he's actually filed and suspended or whether he's just not applied yeah. yet. Because in either case, you grow your benefit. Two-thirds percent per month, 8% per year, because you're not collecting. It doesn't matter whether you're not collecting because you've asked to have your payment suspended or whether you're not collecting because you just haven't gotten around to applying yet. So right. he needs to double-check and find out because it will be important for him, assuming he is over his full retirement age of 66 right now, he is. to get in there, file, ask to have his payment suspended before April 29th, because that will grandfather him in and allow him to continue to operate under the current rules. If he already has filed and suspended, you don't have to worry about it, because the law says if you are currently operating under the rules, 
the way they are today, then you don't have anything to worry about. You'll continue to be governed by the existing rules. It's only for folks who file and suspend after April 29th of next year that the new rules kick in. So he's got to find out what the heck he is, where he at, where he is uh, in uh, his Social Security situation. And then I think probably if he hasn't yet filed and suspended, he probably ought to do so because no harm, no foul. It will protect him. It protect him. Now, her, his spouse, who's receiving her benefit, can she if can she re- convert over to his benefit if she well, if he, he w- if he files and suspends? So he files and suspends. Well, then she goes in. Social Security will say, "All right, you might be eligible for some type of spousal payment," but she's collecting on her own. And so what Social Security will do is compare her full retirement age amount with fifty percent of his full retirement age amount, all right? Once he has filed, filed and suspended, Social Security looks at his full retirement age amount, cuts it in half. If 50% of his full retirement age amount is more than her full retirement age amount, then she will be due some additional money as a spouse at that point. But if her own retirement benefit is greater than 50% of his, because she's already collecting, because she's already taking it, that's all she's going to get. There's not going to be any additional spousal payments due her. Okay, I think that helps a lot of people. I mean, that, that clarifies a lot of things. Now, I know you said, you talked about the lump sum. that You yep. called it an insurance policy. Explain that, because I think, again, why would someone – you know, we talked about this last time, and you're talking about April the 29th. If you haven't done this, you could lose that. So explain the lump sum that so our listeners can really get – clue, you know, real good, solid clue, because they get told a lot of times that they can't do that. So help us with that. Yep. So under the current rules, once you have reached your full retirement age, you can ask to have your monthly Social Security retirement benefit suspended. And for each month that you ask to have your payment suspended, as I said before, you'll grow your payment, earn delayed retirement credits, increase it by two-thirds percent per month, eight percent per year, right up until age 70. You're not going to be receiving a monthly benefit. But what provision of the law allows currently, and for anyone who will have filed and suspended by April 29th, is you having your payment suspended. If you discover that you need the money back, or perhaps situation changes, under current law, you can go back to Social Security and ask to have any and all of those payments that have been held on your behalf repaid to you in a lump sum. Now, the good news is you get that lump sum. The bad news is the payment rate for each of those monthly benefits that you collect you know, goes back to the, the date you asked to have payments started. And if you've been accruing delayed retirement credits through that period of time, asked to get all your benefits back, well, you forego that two-thirds percent per month increase that you've been accruing. But, you know, classic situation. Somebody files and suspends at full retirement age. Two years later, at age 68, diagnosed with a terminal illness. No survivorship issue, no widows or anything like that. By having filed and suspended, they can ask for and receive all of those benefit payments that have been withheld, repaid in a lump sum. The new law says, "Uh uh-uh. Under the new law, and this applies to anyone who files and suspends or asks to have payments suspended after April 29th of next year, you can ask to have your payments suspended. You won't collect for a period of time, 
But if you then decide that you not need the money and you want payments to resume, benefits will only resume effective with the month after the month you contact Social Security. You'll no longer have the option of having all of those payments that have been withheld repaid to you in a lump sum. Now, that's the bad news. You don't get the lump sum. But the good news is your ongoing benefit rate will be higher because for that period of time you weren't collecting. You've been accruing those delayed retirement credits, growing your benefit, two-thirds percent per month, eight percent per year going forward. So filing and suspending by April 29th of next year. And again, you have to be at full retirement age to file and suspend, Jim. You can't go in at age 63 or 64. And full retirement age is 66. For anyone born between 1943 and 1954, yeah, okay. people, the, the, this change is going to impact is age 66. Okay. But again, by going in, suspending your benefits now, I see no harm, no foul. It protects you. You'll still be able to get the money back if you want to. There's nothing that says you have to ask for that money to be paid back. You can continue to defer collecting all the way until age 70, earn that full maximum amount of delayed retirement credits. But by filing and suspending, it does, in case of this issue of requesting repayment of the lump sum, it holds open that possibility. And again, as long as you file and suspend by April 29th, you will have the ability right up until age 70 to go in and ask for any and all payments that have been suspended repaid to you in a lump sum. Lump sum. Deemed filing rules. I, that, that is something I've heard, and I want you to explain it, the, you know, because I know there's some changes with that aspect of it. Any born, anybody born after 1954, talk about deemed filing rules. Jim, as I like to say, you're deemed if you do, and you're deemed if you don't. So this By the way, to the other st- I need to make sure per- everybody knows who we're talking to, guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Kurt Zarnowski, and he is an expert when it comes to Social Security. If you want to listen to one of his programs that we did a year, a couple of months ago, go to the iTunes store, to click on Shoemaker Financial, look for Kurt Zarnowski. Easy to listen to, great, interesting, great, interesting topic, and explains it in a very effective way and i like the thought deemed if you do deemed if you don't deemed filing rules sir sure and this is the other strategy um that claim some now claim more later strategy that applied to somebody whose spouse was collecting benefits but he or she wants to wait until full retirement uh, beyond full retirement age before collecting their own retirement benefit they want to earn those delayed retirement credits under the rules If you had reached your full retirement age, you were allowed to go to Social Security, file what is called a restricted application, meaning you would file for just a spousal benefit. You would not apply for your own retirement benefit. Because you hadn't applied for your own retirement benefit, you'd earn those delayed retirement credits going forward, but you'd be able to receive this spousal payment in the meantime. If someone, though, went to Social Security before full retirement age, they weren't allowed to do this. Under the law, they were deemed to be applying for both a spousal benefit and their own retirement benefit at the same time. And if their own retirement benefit exceeded 50% of the spouses, well, they didn't get any type of spousal benefit. They collected solely on their own. They didn't have the option of picking and choosing. But at full retirement age, under the old rules, you could opt to take just the spousal payment and defer collecting your own. Basically, the new law says 
well, this is going away as well. But for anyone who's born after January 1st, 1954, meaning anyone who has reached age 62 after the end of this calendar year, then they're no longer going to have the ability to do that. At any age, full retirement age, younger or whatever, you go to Social Security, you're going to be deemed to be applying for both a spousal benefit and your own retirement benefit, and Social Security will pay you on whichever one of the two is higher. You won't have the option of picking and choosing anymore. But for anyone who reaches age 62 before the end of this calendar year, they will still, at full retirement age, have the right to file that restricted application, collect just a spousal payment, defer collecting their own, grow it through delayed retirement credits, and at age 70, although you don't have to wait to 70, swoop back on in, file for their own retirement payment. If they've opted to defer the full four years, they'll receive an amount 32% higher than what they would have collected at full retirement age. Well, you know, again, if you're listening, this is Kurt Zarnowski. We're talking about your Social Security benefit and really the bipartisan budget bill. And Kurt is doing a great job of walking us through, I mean, the deemed filing, restricted application. Maybe when we come back, I think, Kurt, I'd like to define these terms. Um, I really think it then summarize for us because I think everybody has figured out that the date is April the 30th or April the 29th, actually, but got to be done by April the 30th. That was 180 days after this bipartisan bill was actually enacted. So we have this window of opportunity. So stay tuned, because when we come back, you'll find out more of what you can do to get the maximum out of your Social Security. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this. Helping you make the most of your money. Talk Money will return right after this. Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, contact Contact Keisha Parrish at 901-757-5757 or email at kparish at shoemakerfinancial.com. Any statements made by our guests are not necessarily the opinion of Securian Financial Services or Shoemaker Financial. And now, once again, helping you make the most of your money, this is Talk Money. Well, welcome back. I just would remind you again, we were talking about all these people retiring. 3.4 million will reach age 65 next year. 3.4 million. And then basically by the time we get to 2029, 11,400 a day will turn 65. And 88%. 88%, that's a, that's a huge number when you think about it, of Americans at least 65 years of age received most, some Social Security benefit monthly during fiscal year 2015. And uh, it's either in the form of retirement or survivor benefits or disability. According to the Social Security Administration, that's 88% of Americans age 65. So we're talking to a big audience. And I think, Kurt, what I want you to do in the remaining time we have, just kind of summarize and make sure we get very clear for those that are listening that need to know these answers, that you can summarize it for us so we really know what we need to do with Social Security. Sure, Jim. And so basically, in terms of the bipartisan budget bill, as we've been talking, there are two 
changes that people need to be aware of. One change pertains to someone's ability to, quote-unquote, file and suspend. And the important thing here is that people recognize that if they file and suspend prior to April 30th of next year, which is the effective date of the legislation, then they will continue to be able to operate under the rules the way they are today, meaning if they've asked to have their payments suspended, then Social Security will still be able to pay money to anyone else who might be collecting on their record, i.e. a spouse or minor children, and if they file and suspend or suspend their benefits prior to that April 30th effective date of the new legislation, then they will retain the right to be able to go back to Social Security at any point and ask to have any and all of those monthly benefit payments that have been suspended repaid in a lump sum. So in order to protect yourself under the file and suspend, you actually need to do something. You need to file and suspend or at least ask to have your payments suspended prior to April 30th of next year in order to continue to be able to take advantage of that file and suspend strategy. The other strategy we've been talking about, claim some now, claim more later, also known as filing that restricted application. With the phase-in period, you don't need to do anything, and you can't necessarily do anything to be able to still take advantage of it, because what the law says is if you were born January 1st, 1954 or earlier, then, or in other words, you reach age 62 before the end of this calendar year, then you will still be able, at your full retirement age, to file a restricted application, collect just a spousal benefit, defer collecting your own, accrue those delayed retirement credits, increase your own benefit, and receive that spousal payment in the meantime. So the important thing is, if that applies to you, you don't need to do anything right now. You don't have to run to Social Security and say, hey, hey, I intend to file that restricted application at my full retirement age. You don't need to do anything. It's the fact that your birth date falls within that grandfathered period that will allow you at your full retirement age to continue to take advantage of this claim some now, claim more later strategy, receive just a spousal benefit while you're deferring and increasing your own. But I think the other message, Jim, in terms of, all right, we've got these two provisions. So what if you fall outside them? You know, you can't born after 54, so January 1st, 54, so you can't file a restricted application at full retirement age, or full retirement age is after next April 30th, so you can't file and suspend. You know, I think an important message is, even though these cute strategies may have been eliminated, it's still important for people to recognize the basic principle in receiving Social Security benefits. You start sooner, you get less each month, you wait longer before you start, your monthly payment is higher. And I always say, because life expectancy is increasing these days, good things come to those who wait. And by deferring collection, whether you can take advantage of these strategies or not, it's still a basic principle that by waiting, you get a higher payment, you get a higher eventual benefit yourself, you get a higher survivor benefit that might be paid if you were to pass away first. 
So nothing in this law has changed that basic principle, in my view, that good things come to those who wait. You know, again, that's so critical. That, that You couldn't say that any better. So we've got a couple of dates, April the 30th. That's the key. Anybody born before 19 or after before 1954 is what you're talking about. And then, of course, uh, April the 30th of next year, you're, you're really saying get things done. But I love the act that you said, wait. Good things come to those that wait, because that has not changed. Well, if you, not. And I realize there are situations where people can't wait because they need the money. By all means, it's available to folks. Take advantage of it. But if you've got the option, again, because life expectancy is increasing, I just tend to think in many cases you'll be better off in the long run because you'll have that higher monthly income later in life when you may well need it more. Well, you know, again, I, Kurt, you just always do a great job. You take a very, very complicated subject and you turn it into something I think everybody listens to and, and, and you help us understand it. So let me remind everybody, if you want to know more about what Kurt's talking about, not only this program, but any program that we've all had him on before. Just go to the iTunes store, search for Shoemaker Financial, listen to the programs. They're there, and tremendous information when it comes to Social Security, and especially this bipartisan budget bill. Sir, thank you. Have a great Christmas. If I don't talk to you, happy holidays to you. And uh, again, I appreciate you very much, man. You do a great job for us. All right. We'll talk to you again in 2016. Okay, man. Take care. Happy holidays. Take yes, care, sir. Uh-huh. You know, again, I think you just can't ask it to be any better. He does a great job. When we come back, though, I'm going to talk with Ted Miner. Ted Miner's going to take it from where Kurt gives it to us to understand it. I've got Ted Miner in the program today because Ted specializes with clients at this age, 65, where he's spending a lot of time with those looking at retirement like yourself. He's going to walk you through some very specific things that he likes to do with clients to guide them through the maze of the Social Security problems. Thank you. Stay with us. We'll be back in a second. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Shoemaker Financial and Securian Financial Services are not affiliated with Kurt Zarnowski or Zarnowski Consulting. Shoemaker Financial and Securian Financial Services do not provide tax or legal advice, and since every situation is unique, individuals should always consult their tax or legal professionals regarding their own specific situation. Talk Money will return right after this. The millionaire Robert Reed Church, Memphis's most prominent business leader and philanthropist at the turn of the last century was the product of an interracial union between a steamboat captain and an enslaved seamstress. During the Civil War, when he was forced to be a cabin steward on a union steamboat, Church married a former slave named Louisa Ares. After the war, the couple started a number of businesses that became a great source of wealth for the city as the years progressed. But their success did not come easily. During the race riot of 1866, Church was shot in his saloon and left for dead. But he recovered and resolved to remain in Memphis despite the violence. After surviving the yellow fever epidemic, Church used his own money to build the public park and auditorium on Bill Street, the first major urban recreational center in the nation to be owned by an African-American. The auditorium became a center of Memphis civic and cultural life. W.C. Handy was employed there for a time, and it was the site chosen for President Theodore Roosevelt's visit to Memphis in 1902. In 1906, Church founded the first African-American-owned bank in Memphis in the 20th century. And during the panic the next year, he avoided a run on his bank by placing bags of money in its windows to demonstrate that he had enough money to pay back his customers. 
Throughout his years in Memphis, Church was the most active philanthropist in the city. He not only purchased the first bonds issued by the city after it declared bankruptcy, but also saved local church property from being seized when he paid off their creditors. In a marvelous coincidence, Church died in 1912, the same year his former employee, W.C. Handy's hit song, Memphis Blues, was introduced to the world. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. Helping you make the most of your money, this is Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results, research, investment advice, or a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. Well, you know, we were talking with Kurt Zarnowski with Zarnowski's Consulting. He is the expert when it comes to Social Security, and I mean he is the expert. But the point, I guess, what we wanted to do with this program, I have Ted Miner in the office because now you have to put it like the boots on the ground type mentality. It's one thing to have the expert give us this great analogy of what Social Security is about, but how do you apply it? How do you take what you could do with Social Security and all the, I guess, the plethora of enormous amounts of information thrown at you? How do you make that work? So, welcome to the program, Ted Miner. Thank you, Jim. Glad to be here. Well, you know, Ted is one of our advisors that works a lot with people in their retirement ages and does a lot of retirement planning. So I guess, Ted, my opening question to you, just the thought, because how do you use Social Security with your clients as an advisor? Well, first of all, most of the people that I work with are 55 years and older, and they're starting to think, you know. Retirement. Yeah. When when, do I, when am I going to retire? Uh, you know, how much income do I have? What are my resources? And one of the greatest resources out there is Social Security. Uh, it is, and that's the reason you have people like Kurt and you have so much attention, and that's why you've had this bill passed, is because a lot of attention has been given to uh, making people more knowledgeable of their options of Social Security More benefit. aware and, and beginning to use it. Plus, you know, we talk about this 300 million people that's now, re, you know, hitting this yearly number, and it's going to increase that are hitting 65. So, obviously, it's on more people's minds. I can remember, as I've said before, you start with a 30-year-old, Year old, you don't even they won't even talk about retirement. You get to a 40, 45 year old and yeah, you got a conversation, but you get to a 55 year old and you got a sit down meeting. I mean, that's serious. And, you know, I think people, when they think of Social Security, what they think of is dad took it at 65. Mom took it at 62. Uh, that's when I'm going to take it. They don't think of the repercussions of making those decisions. Most people have no knowledge whatsoever of how it affects All right, the now amount. walk me through. Take me through. In walks a couple, and they've got the, they're looking at Social Security. So what are you looking for? First of all, there's one piece of information we don't have in calculating a Social Security benefit in terms of how much a person gets. Okay. That's how long, when does a person die? Okay. So we go through analysis. We go through break-even points in terms of uh, based on their, their history, based on how long they think they'll live. And we look at points at which if you choose this strategy, you know, when will you catch up with another strategy? So you work with the different strategies with each person. Absolutely. You know, everybody— Now, the strategies—you're talking about strategies. You're talking about what— 
Kurt was talking about. Some people. File and suspend or get some now, get some later. Okay. Absolutely. Right. And we've got a lot of those strategies. As a matter of fact, we've had some. We've, we've had to change. We've had to look at and go back and uh, okay. because of the new laws, we've had to kind of rethink the situation. Probably the biggest is what he was referring to, though, at the end. Uh, when you get into retirement, because we don't know when we're going to die. Right. Uh, the biggest thing is trying to create that cash flow. And, and let's make one thing clear. When a person chooses or when they get a plan for Social Security, uh, they don't have to make a decision that they're going to take it at 66, 67, 68. The decision they have to make is do I want it in the next 90 days. You know, if I want it in the next 90 days, I need to start taking action. Okay. So if, if, if the plan is to wait to 70 or to 68 and all of a sudden they get to 66 and they have to turn it on, they can still do that. But we're planning, we're trying to plan to optimize the benefits. And the difference between taking it at 62 versus 70 is actually a 76% increase in cash flow at the age of 70, not including COLAs. So, so because what, what you know, Kurt was saying from sixty six, it's at you know it's eight percent a year. So you go from sixty six as, as somebody filing at full retirement that's at sixty six today, they wait a four years. That's four times eight. That's thirty two percent increase right there. And so you're going back all the way to sixty two to get to that seventy percent. So that's a huge number for as as Kurt said, you know. Weight is sometimes a good thing to do, you know. Yeah, they get, they'll get hit by 25%. They'll get 75% of what they would get at 66 if they start taking it at 62. Okay. So the difference between 62 and 70, and you'd be surprised when you look at claiming strategies and what people have done, and you look at the average benefit today, a large percentage of the people out there are taking their benefits early. And the problem is, and you know this, you deal with this today, it's a big part of our business is longevity. Longevity has now come into planning. Uh, you know, years ago, the you planned for seven years of retirement. Uh, today, when we start planning, oh yeah, we're looking oh, at thirty years. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, uh, and people are working longer, and they've got you know. You're exactly right, and and so you have to plan. So let me ask you this. I mean, when we when we're talking about this, and you sit down with a client. You're trying to establish their plan, their ideas. You're asking for their goals and stuff. So so where do you take this kind of – give me – again, I'm looking for that, you know, you're looking at lifestyle. I know where you're headed with that. I know what you're trying to accomplish. Do you find that people have a clarity with what they're trying to do, or are they, they coming to you because they don't have clarity? Well, they, some of them, I don't even know the I don't even know the answer to that because I'm not sure anybody would really know. I think some of them think they have. Clarity. Okay, I got you. Uh, and when you sit down and you start trying to pull all the pieces of the puzzle uh, together, and you start asking questions, then you start unveiling certain things, and you start revealing information to them about Social Security, and they'll say, "Well, I didn't know that." Uh, so. The other thing about Social Security is, you know, we've uh, there's very few income sources out there that have a COLA attached to it. You know, so we want to maximize that particular benefit because each year it, it pretty much tries to stay with inflation. They've tried to, to tie it to a consumer price index, which is not like a pension, which is not like a lot of other things. So it's a very important part, and it's usually about a third of a person's income in retirement, anywhere from 33 to 41 percent usually is what they're depending on through Social Security to help them help them through that retirement period. The, uh, the other important thing is that Social Security is not completely taxed, which also makes it a little bit more of a prestigious 
source of income. Yeah. Uh, at most, favorable for sure. At most, it's eighty five percent tax. But so there's always at least fifteen percent of Social Security that goes untaxed. So it makes it a preferential uh, income for retirement. Well, I know we do a lot of advising, a lot of financial planning, and you know, financial planning is everybody's unique thing, and that's that's for the individual. And Social Security is for the individual. But I know you had a case, a particular client. CPA, that you really, it was a, I mean, it was a murk in the mire and the mud and all that kind of stuff. And you really, go, just give it, give us to us. And I, let me, let me say this to everybody listening. When you hear us give you a case study, you need to understand it's just, just a, it's a true story, but it's, it's illustrative. It's not saying that, hey, this will work for you. We're not trying to say that to you. It's unique to this client, but it's a situation that really was there. And the outcomes may be different for different, in fact, they are. Every outcome is always different. So we don't want anybody to say, oh, well, that'll work for me. But the reality is, I want you to tell us about that case, because that was a good case. As a matter of fact, to that point, there's 2,750 rules in Social Security. So, <laughs> so that tells you how... And I don't uh, know, but 2,749 <laughs> of them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This Most of the time, when we're when we're trying to look at Social Security benefits, what we're doing is we we know a person's income, and we get the statement from Social Security, and we can sit down and we can kind of plan how much it is at a certain age and maybe there's a coordination of benefits in this particular the particular case you're talking about actually involved a uh, small business owner uh, his wife was uh, one of the owners in the business and uh, they both worked in the business and she had an income in that business he had an income in that business she really wanted to retire she really wanted to get out of the business and uh, the the CPA actually came to him and said look uh, you know you really need to continue working as a matter of fact we need you need to be making as much income as possible to continue to build up your social security benefits right. Sounds good. Um, in, in fact, that would be hard to say. That's not good advice. Absolutely, I wouldn't say that. Ab- absolutely. The uh, the thing about it is, on the small uh, on a small business standpoint, any business standpoint, is that you got to understand that your most people only see half of the Social Security side. Absolutely. The employer, you see that. Yeah. The employer is paying a, a whole other part of that. So if a you're a lot more than that, and if you're self employed, it's you got that in Medicare. You got fifteen point two percent that you're paying uh, paying for your income. Right. Well, uh, he was certainly trying to minimize that from one standpoint because he what he was doing is saying you need to work, take this responsibility, and let's lower the income on your husband uh, because he's been working for forty years, right. and let's build up your your uh, income. Well, when we started evaluating the the income that she had had from the Social Security Administration, and Kurt didn't get in this, and he usually does get into it very well if he's got time, is what it takes for you to get benefits. Uh, what what does it take to qualify for those right, benefits? Right. I didn't ask him that today. At basically, and we won't go into all the details, but basically you need about 10 years of income to just be able to qualify for mm-hmm, the benefits. Mm-hmm. Well, she was 62, and she had seven years of income. So she was going to need three more years of income before she broke through. And then, and then they take to calculate that benefit. They use 35 years of your best income. And if you don't have 35 years, you know what they, you know what they count as? It's, it's zeros. <laughs> so that, that hurt, that's a big number. That hurts the average sure quite a bit. So when we started looking at things and the fact that he had 40 years of income, she had a significant spousal benefit already in place. And I wonder why that was never mentioned. I don't think he knew. I don't think I don't think anyone knew anything. Knew they, they certainly didn't. Right. And and while while the CPA was trying to do a, a good job, and as you mentioned, it's normally on top that looks that very looks good. good. Yeah. But when you dig down under, it was it would have affected them greatly uh, from a standpoint of in, 
You know, I, I think that's so important for people to understand. Social Security is, a, is as you said, 2,700, over 2,700 different rules. It's complex. It's not. It's simple yet complex. It's you're going to get it. You need to maximize it. File and suspend is a good thing. Wait, you get more. You know, you get more of that. Uh, but it's something. And I guess let me say this, Ted Miner. You can talk to Ted Miner at the office at seven five seven five seven five seven. Just give him a call, and, and he'll answer your questions. And, and you know, just uh, over the phone, whatever seven five seven five seven five seven. Ted Miner. If you've got questions about Social Security, Ted, in the closing moments here, what would you give it, what would you say to someone who's got that deer-in-headlight look, they're going to retire the next three to five years, what would you tell them? Well, the first thing would be to log on to www.ssa.gov, Social Security Administration, get a copy of the records they have for you and pay it into Social Security. Another quick story, I had a client that had a couple of zeros that she had income with, and so it takes a while to work through that with the and Social Security. And you had to clear it up. Had to clear I've it had up. some of those, too, yeah. yeah. So that would be the first thing, and then at least you know what the benefits are because it gives you some information on there about where your benefits are at that particular point in time. So so make sure you do that. Then spend some time, whether it's with you, Ted, or something, don't try to do all this on their own. Get some advice because it's complicated enough that you could make a mistake Absolutely. like that. That uh, example that you were talking and about. And be earlier. very costly to you, possibly. Yeah, in this particular case, it would have been a, a disaster. I think the total cost in this would have cost them over $300,000 over the court, over the whole period of time sure. in, in retirement if they lived to be 85 and yeah. 90. And you, what would you use for mortality for somebody when you're talking about this? You said that earlier. What would, what do you use from a I, I usually use 85 for the male and 90 for the female. Well, again, you've been listening to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. My guest today, Kurt Zarnowski with the Zarnowski's Consultant. Earlier, And then, of course, Ted Miner. If you want to listen to this program again, just simply go to the iTunes store and and click on Shoemaker Financial and listen to this program. It'll give you tons of information about Social Security. KWAM 990. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You've been listening to Talk Money. My producer and board operator is Art Frederick. My guest in content coordination, Frances Fortner, and she does a great job. Production assistants, Eleanor Moscovich. And uh, as always, Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca. Brazier and Drew Johnson. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and we're here every Friday helping you make the most of your money. Jim Shoemaker and Ted Miner are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated, securities dealer member FINRA SIPC. A registered investment advisor, Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.